folks. This is your host, Tammy Turner, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they've all made their mark on the Disney name. To find out more about the show and other episodes, head to our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Be sure to look below at the show notes in the show more section for links to our Twitter and Facebook pages, including videos and websites mentioned in the following interview. Photos and audio clips that are featured in the show belong to their rightful owners and are used for educational purposes only. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show film composer, John Debney, to the show. Welcome, John. Thank you, Tammy. It's great to be with you guys today. I'm very excited. And you've been composing many various credits for Disney over the years. I thought I'd list a few for our listeners to take a listen. We have Hocus Pocus, The Emperor's New Groove, Princess Diaries 1 and 2, The Pacifier, Chicken Little, Hannah Montana, Old Dogs, Iron Man 2, so many. And I love them all. So let's first talk about one of your first film compositions for the Walt Disney Company, which was the cult classic, Hocus Pocus starring Bette Midler. So the film has such a huge fan base, especially in October, and the official Disney fan club, D23, had a special Q&A with the cast and creative forces behind the film last year, and I thought that was so amazing. I was so bummed I couldn't make it, uh, but I really wanted to know, what did you think about the event? What was it like? The event was fantastic. Um, we, you know, very rarely do you get to go to a uh, an event like that, uh, you know, a screening of a film that you've you've done years before, and I couldn't honestly believe what an amazing reaction that the film got. They they had so many people that wanted to see the film that they had to add another screening. So there were two screenings, and the theater was packed. And 20 years ago, you know, it it seemed like yesterday. Literally, the jokes seemed funny, and everybody knows the film, and yet. It was as though many people were seeing it for the first time. So it was just a joy, and um, it kind of told me a lot. I, I, it told me that that kind of film, you know, really should have a sequel. And so I'm hoping one day that we'll do it, the, Disney will do a sequel. It sounded like they officially announced a sequel. They did. Uh, the producer, David Kirshner, mentioned that. But, you know, there, it's always sort of a work in progress. Um, Many times, you know, getting a green light at a, at a major studio can take a while. It can take a, a, a few years even. So um, David had mentioned that there was one in the works, and we were all very, very joyful and excited. And so I'm hoping that it will happen. Fans were really hoping that Disney might make the movie into a Broadway show. And on the note of a Broadway show, there has been talk over the years about that. And I, for one, have been um, really pushing for it. Um, and, you know, just recently there has been, um, I think people are starting to listen. Uh, you know, Disney is, is becoming aware, if they're not already aware, that this film has become really a cult classic. And, you know, now you've got a second and third, well, second generation, as it were, of uh, people that are enjoying this film over and over. So I think that Disney now has 
come to the realization that it might not be a bad idea to to conceive of this as a Broadway show. I think personally it could be a great Broadway show. Um, it could be, you know, what's better than witches on a Halloween night? You know, I, I just think it could be a great show. There is the possibility. But then there, she she says she loves the movie and that it's one of her favorites. This is just the greatest opportunity to do it, and I hope they do it. And I'll be cast as an extra, hopefully. <laughs> I'd love I, to be in the I background. Be, I, listen, I, I I'm hopeful too. I I think that um, the more the fans, uh, all your listeners, and everybody that loves the the movie, um, you know, writes writes to Disney or lets Disney know uh, that they love the movie and, and they'd love to see a sequel and then maybe love to see a Broadway show. I think it could happen. Now, what are the steps you take to gain inspiration and begin writing a film score? Well, for me, um, they're all different. And, you know, every film I've, I work on, it has this, its own sort of uh, things that you have to think about. You know, what are the characters like? Is there a love story? Is it a scary movie? Is it a funny movie? And then I invariably usually start with trying to find the thematic thread to it. You know, I'll try to start with themes. I'll work at the piano or work at my synthesizer and just work on themes sort of to death till really I feel I've got something or a number of things that I'm ready to play for the director. And that's how it usually starts for me. It starts with the theme, and then once I get the director to like a theme or two, then you can really start, then it's all about the work. It's all about writing a certain amount of uh, music a day and just trying to stay on schedule, and then at the end, um, you know, trying to get the film score done. Because it's quite a, you can imagine, it's quite an arduous task, um, writing all this music for these films, sometimes under uh, very tough deadlines. So it's always always different, but it always starts for me with a theme. And The Princess Diaries is one of my top ten favorite Disney film medleys, and I think that has a beautiful theme to its score. And it's just Thank a you. magical score. It sounds so regal, pure, and elegant. There are several pop songs that are featured in the soundtrack, which I love hearing them as well. You know, what makes yeah. you different from the Backstreet Boys? Yep. <laughs> it's great. Yep. So I was wondering, as a composer, do you decide which song is used for which specific scene in this film? Most of the time, uh, the, the composers that are doing the underscore, which is what I do, we sometimes have a little bit of, uh, of a say in what songs are used where, but most of the time, honestly, those kinds of decisions are made uh, by the director and if there's a music supervisor or a music uh, department, they will usually kind of, you know, look at the latest and greatest acts and what, what's appropriate for the film and usually the songs are chosen before I get on board or they're at the tail end of just choosing and clearing the songs. Um, so in the case of Diaries, you had a wonderful music supervisor by the name of Don Soler who works at Disney now, and she is a terrific music supervisor, and she picked all those songs and you know played all the uh, different choices for the director, Gary Marshall, and then he ultimately made the pick of what songs went in. Obviously, Anne Hathaway has gone on and now is a huge, huge star and wasn't, you know, was really a, a, a new, a new, I think Princess Diaries 1 was her, really her debut, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, she's such a big star now. Maybe, you know, there has been some talk about, 
what what would her role be in a third one, and maybe they'd be the next generation, as it were, which I think would be terrific. I, I hope they they make another one, because I think it would be just... It, it, they're such feel-good movies, and I think we need more of those right now. So I, I hope they'll do a third one. You know, working with Gary Marshall is always a joy for me, and I've been privileged to work on, I think, five films with him, and um, those are certainly rank way up there those two films and i recently just found out that you composed the beautiful score to disneyland paris's phantom manor which is a reincarnation of the haunted mansion but has a different story plot with a lonesome bride who wanders the halls of this mansion and i love this beautiful voice that comes with this music it's great and how did you get chosen to work on this project and what were your steps of finding the right way to create the music for this specific ride? Well, that that is a real favorite of mine. I did that a, a number of years ago. And again, I've done a lot of shows and, and different ride attractions for Disney. So it was sort of in that time frame when I was doing a lot of, of things for them. And I still do a lot of things for them, thankfully. But there was a lot going on then. And Euro Disneyland was just starting. Um, and I had done a lot of Disneyland music for the, you know, the new, the new Fantasyland, et cetera. I did Splash Mountain, by the way. And Love it that, was too. Just, <laughs> oh, thanks. It was a lot of fun. So, I, you know, I've had a lot of experience sort of taking classic uh, Disney songs and scores and sort of reimagining them a little bit. And that's what Phantom Manor really needed to be. It needed to have its own sort of signature thematic feeling and it needed a very gothic sound um so to differentiate it really from haunted mansion here at at disneyland so they really wanted it to be you know darker bigger grander um a little much more serious i guess you'd say and so that's sort of what we did I, i took um some of the very memorable and very beloved themes from Haunted Mansion and just sort of, you know, recompose them or change them or rearrange them in different ways. Um, and then the idea of there was, I, I don't even think it was my great idea. I think it was somebody at Disney thought, well, you know, it, well, it might be wonderful to have um, the voice of the bride, the, you know, sort of to have that voice um, linger through the music. And so that's how that came about. And it was really, really a labor of love. It was a lot of fun. And I did it so long ago now. I think it was uh, maybe upwards of 20 years ago I did that. I'm still jealous because I've not gotten to see it in person, but I love listening to the soundtrack. So I need to get my myself to Paris right away <laughs> and just uh, check out the ride. I think it's probably the darkest version of the haunted mansion out there and i think it's yeah. it's very strange and and i love its connection it has a connection to thunder mountain railroad too which i think is perfect it kind of wraps it around so you know strangely i haven't even been there myself you know you do <laughs> we need so to go many together. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll meet you there for sure it sounds great <laughs> 
And one of my favorite projects you have worked on is The Emperor's New Groove. So diehard Disney fans will know that the original premise of this film was to be a different take on the Prince and Pauper story called Kingdom of the Sun with musical numbers by singing artist Sting. And after many production and story changes, the film was finally released to theaters as the hilariously funny Emperor's New Groove. I love it. And uh, and I just wanted to know, when did you become involved with the project? And uh, did you also work alongside Sting to create the opening musical number? You know, um, that is one of my favorites, too, i got to say, Tammy. That was really a fun one to do. I came onto that one also very late. Um, I was not originally uh, slated to do that film, but what happened was another very good composer named Mark Shaman was doing that, but when the when that whole film changed concept and story, actually, I think the whole creative team left, and they brought in other directors, uh, much to my delight, because uh, they brought in the wonderful Mark Dindle, and he he is such a fun guy, and he he brought his sense of humor to that film, and I think honestly, I think that's one of the smarter and funnier of the uh, more recent uh, crop of Disney animated films. I mean, it, it, it certainly is maybe not as beloved as some of them, but I think it's, fu- it's so funny um, and smart. And I came onto it very late in the game. I think, again, Mark Shaman was going to write the score, and then um, the whole creative focus changed on the film, and then I was brought in um, and really needed to do a whole new take on this film. And really what that ended up being was sort of a kind of silly take on, on the whole story. So that the animation kind of music to some very gothic, funny music, uh, just a sort of a potpourri of, of style. I didn't work on that first song. That was done before I came on. And it's a great, great sequence. Um, I think Sting wrote a, an, he wrote a number of great songs for that. That particular piece, Run, Llama, Run, was really fun to do. <clears throat> it was inspired, of course, by, you know, a, a Benny Goodman record from, from the 40s, you know, and I had the musicians uh, actually, you know, say words. They, they, they chant, Run, Llama, Run, during that one, as you know. And it was <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I can only imagine the fun you're going to have with this upcoming Disney project that has really just been announced. It's going to be The Jungle Book, a live-action version of the story and i just wanted yeah. to know if if you can tell us anything of whether or not you've started the project or have seen new things this is sort of the theme that we're going for for this project you know again one of the honors of my life to to be working on something as i i feel as iconic as this film and i i can't tell you too much but there will be um there will be new brand new themes but there'll also be um some, some very. I think the fans will some, like some very nice little little uh, inside musical um, <laughs> references. Uh, yeah, but yeah, of of the the ones that we of the songs and the themes that we know and love from the first film. So uh, we're very much the director John Favreau is doing a, an amazing job on it. I think people are going to be blown away. And what's so great about John for this film is that John loves that first film and he wants to pay a bit of an homage to it, but he also 
wants to do something very fresh and, you know, very updated. And so I think that, you know, the diehard fans of the first one are going to just love this because it's going to be a little bit of a little old and a little new and, uh, and it's just, you know, going to be an amazing looking and sounding film. I can guarantee you. I'm really excited for this. And I wanted to know also, have you gotten a chance to meet with Richard Sherman, who also, for Disney fans who do not know, composed some of the songs to the Jungle Book original animated film with his brother? I know and love Dick uh, Sherman, and we haven't spoken about this particular uh, film yet, but I'm going to be talking with him undoubtedly, in fact, very soon, I believe. And I've known Dick since I was... Oh, gosh, a, a child. My father worked at Disney for almost 40 years, and at that time, my my father knew Dick very, very well, Dick and Bob. And um, so Dick's a you know lifelong family friend, and I know he's going to get a kick out of the fact. I don't know if he knows yet that I'm going to be doing this one, but I, I know he'll be thrilled. And I'm sure I'm going to be calling him to, um, you know, help me out on a couple of these things that that we may need his help and expertise and his his guidance with. So for sure, I'm going to talk to him soon. If you're lucky enough to get Bill Murray to sing, I am just going to be blown away. I, I hope maybe that happens. I'm not going to ask you to confirm or deny, but... No, I, I, I really I can't talk about it, I but know, wouldn't I that know. be great? Wouldn't <laughs> I, that be great if that happens? We'll cross I, I our fingers, it. and I hope maybe when the film is, is, is starting to promote itself, maybe we can have you on the show again and, and talk more in depth about the process because it must be sure. so exciting and and to work on another Disney film. It's been how many years since the last one that you've worked on? That's a good question. Um, it's been a few years, but I'm I'm not sure why. You know, things... You know, you go off and you, I'm lucky enough to work for a lot of different people and there are always interesting opportunities that come up. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think been, it's uh, Old Dogs. I'm looking it could on be my old computer. Dogs. Yeah, that's yeah. 09. Wow, that's a long time. It, it has been a while. And so, you know, it's doubly exciting to be back doing things with, with uh, them because they're just, you know, they're, it's sort of like family. And so I'm, I'm glad to be back there and, and doing, doing this. Are you, have you been approached about writing a new composition for a Disney attraction anytime soon, or would you be open to that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm starting to work on something right now. Um, Ooh, yay! Gonna, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not sure I'm at liberty to say what it is, but it, it's a spectacular, um, spectacular show, and um, you know it'll be you know going on next year. So I think they're going to actually put it in next year. Are you allowed to say what park it is, or uh, Disneyland? Ooh, yeah. okay. I'm yeah. excited. Well, I'll be back there in August for the big Disney Expo, so I hope it's open by that time. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I hope so. It'll it'll eventually make its way down to Florida too. I'm sure, but I think they're going to start it up here. And now my last three questions. I ask these to all my guests. I call them the Fab Three Disney questions. They're called the Donald, Goofy, and Mickey questions. So cool. we'll start with the Donald one. As a child, what Disney film would you always like to watch over and over again? Believe it or not, this may surprise you. Um, 20,000 Leaks Under the Sea is my, is my favorite um, of, of the live action ones, I'd say. And then on the animation side, I think, I think Bambi's my favorite. Um, Nobody's maybe. mentioned Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I love that. That's great. Well, it's a great movie. You know movie. why? Because I'm a big uh, science fiction 
fan, and I, I even as a kid, I used to like. I, there's something very interesting to me about Jules Verne and just those stories, and and uh, so that one really stuck out as a really cool one when I was a, a kid. When I, I, I even think my dad must have brought that home. Uh, that film, because we would we would have movie nights, and people, the employees of Disney were, were able to bring home films periodically, and that was the one that he he brought home. And I would always, seemingly, always ask him to bring that one home at some point, because I I just loved it. And now our goofy question: What Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I think Donald Duck. Just because he's so funny. <laughs> he's just so funny. Always and, losing uh, his temper. <laughs> yeah. And, but he's so you know, sweet. He really is sweet. He means well. He means well. I, I, I don't know why I always gravitated towards him. I think, I don't know, maybe there was somebody in my family that was sort of like him. Know, you know, it's just, there's something about him that was always appealing. So he would be probably the character I, I'd want to hang out with. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Oh, When You Wish Upon a Star. No question. When You Wish Upon a Star is, in my humble opinion, it would be that, or it might be, you know what, I'll give you one other one. It would be a Dick Sherman, the Sherman Brothers song from Mary Poppins. It would probably be Feed the Birds. I love great melodies and Certainly, those two could arguably be two of the. You know, you could pick. You could pick any of the ten songs in Mary Poppins that are all incredible. But I think those two, for whatever reason, those two sort of resonate with me. There's a a beauty and there's sort of a a little bit of a sadness to them that I that I really really quite like. Uh, when you wish upon a star, is just so lovely and so so perfect. Well, I have to thank you so much, John, for coming on the show and, and giving us some of your time to talk about your amazing compositions. And I'm so excited for this new Disney attraction that you're working on for some music for that and also the Jungle Book. This is going to be so exciting. I'll be first in line to see Jungle Book, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> and great. also, hopefully, first in line for the attraction in Disneyland. That would be very exciting. Fantastic. And uh, listeners, you, you can always check out John's website and see his other compositions that he's done for various other films. So if you want to check out his website, listeners, I have the link down in the description below. And do you also have a Facebook page? I do. Uh, just my name on Facebook, John Debney on Facebook. And you can find me there. And we have little updates and things that I think you guys would what it might enjoy looking at. Thank you very much, and really great talking to you guys. Grunk. Huh?